Welcome to Betting with the Bears with Matt and Puneet. All right. Hey there, all you cool cubs and berries. Betting with the Bears is back, episode nine, with your hosts, Matt Nilla Bear and Puneet Brown Bear. Puneet, how we doing? Doing all right. How you doing? It's actually a rough night for me because um, I'm going away for the weekend. So Carson is no longer with me. I had to drop him off and have someone watch him. So for the first time, since I got the little pup, I'm all alone. Oh, that's sad. But so he's getting a vacation out of this too. He yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, he's probably going to have the time of his life away from me. But if you hear <laughs> random, random tears throughout the podcast, it's because I'm crying because of Carson and also because of um, because of Carson and the lock of the day, or our, sorry, our underdog of the day that did not hit. Unfortunately, it did not. Yeah, but our lock did. So we're seven and zero on that. Um, that one we really didn't have to sweat through. I mean, Lazio scored pretty early and then it was just kind of cake from there but i watching i watched that uh the baloney game i really thought we had it after that first half yeah i mean they were leading at the half so no it was zero zero I'm sorry yeah it was zero zero which which is which was what we had so that worked and they had two just dynamite chances to score so i was feeling good and then the second half was just four oh it was really bad yeah i mean the the underdog truly died in the second half. <laughs> yeah yeah, there, the underdog was buried six feet under. Yeah. Um, uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, so that, that makes us one and two for the dog of the day thus far. But that's all right. We will definitely make up for it. Carson's going to get the weekend off, so he's definitely going to enjoy his vacation. And I think he's going to come back refreshed and ready to give us some good picks and some winners. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, he's going back. To, I mean, I'm, I'm saying he's dropping off for a vacation, but it's actually just obedience school because we can't have we can't have that happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just to, so today's episode is going to be a little bit different at one because we're done with all our recaps and we're not doing a fun episode because we did that um, Wednesday's pod. So for today, Thursday, um, we're actually going to be recording Thursday and Friday's episode or games because, like I said, I'm going on vacation, so I'm not available to record Friday. So it's going to be a little, or that day is going to be a little bit early. So we won't have, um, like we won't be able to talk about how our locks of the day went specifically for like uh, today or uh, yeah, for Thursday's games, just to be a, just a little heads up there. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, so what, what our plan is, is we're going to, like Matt said, we'll talk through the Thursday games, which are the two games uh, in the NBA. And then Friday, we're just for the Friday games, we're going to go through a few of the ones that we picked out that we like and we want to talk about. And then we'll give picks of the day. Uh, we'll give the lock of the day and the underdog of the day for both Thursday and Friday. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but before that, we have two things that we want to go over quickly. So um, we want to do our top three favorite over-unders as far as regular season wins. Um, we also want to do the NBA season awards, even though those are all pretty much locked up. Um, but since they are pretty much locked, we think they'd be good to dive in on. So we want to go over those as well. But first, trivia. Puneet, you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Ready for that trivia. All right. So in honor of Zion's return tonight, this is NBA, This is uh, draft related because he was a number one pick. Um, this is so this is regarding football and basketball. So there's only been one year where the number one pick in both the NFL and the NBA, uh, the first overall picks went to the same school. Can you name those two players in the school? And let me know if you need a hint. Jeez, that is Okay, I need to like think about this one. This is something I need to talk through for sure. Yeah, understandable. Uh, so, 
so yeah, just go. Th- I mean, just go through the drafts and see how far back you can remember. I, th- I think. I mean, I love the draft, so this is gonna be fun for me. Hopefully, it's fun for everyone else as well. <laughs> yeah. See, I know that you're crazy about the draft. I'm not as much. So this is gonna, this is gonna show my lack of knowledge with the drafts. But that's all right. Um, all right. If you want the year, let me know. I don't really think that gives it away. Okay. Yeah. Just give me the year. Two thousand five. Oof. Yikes. Okay. I don't even know who's drafted number one in 2005. Um, so, 03 was LeBron. 04 then was Dwight. Yep. And then 05 was... Oh, man. Uh, who came after Dwight? Was that the Blake Griffin draft? No, his was later. His was 2009 or 2010. Yeah. Now, as soon as I said that, I was like, that was 09. So, uh, Blake Griffin was, um, yeah, I think he was 2009. And then Derek Rose was the one before that, 2008. Yeah, I think you stumped me here. So, uh, 2005, the NBA player is Andrew Bogut. Okay. He went to uh-huh. Utah. Can you go? Can you get the, the NFL player from there? Was it Alex Smith? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, yeah. that Alex Smith, the only thing I can think about with that guy is that gruesome injury. But yeah, I know. But uh, to be fair uh, or honest, I got that trivia question from Pardon My Take, but uh, it kind of fit with our uh, kind of fit with our what we're doing today. Just like talking about the Pelicans and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I know what I'll, I like that one. I'll throw that in. I like it. Ripping off the, the competition. Exactly. I mean, by the end, by the end of our uh, run here, they're going to be one, trying to buy us. So yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that was a tough one, man. I, I I completely forgot that Andrew Bogut was the number one pick. Yeah. And when you said him, I just immediately was like, "Isn't he Australian?" Like, I legitimately forgot that he went to Utah. I thought he. Yeah. I thought he was just a, like came straight from international. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. So that yeah, that one was tough for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good one, though. I liked it. You stopped me for the weekend. Now I'm gonna. <laughs> now I'm gonna, and I have the whole weekend to figure out a really good one for you. Yeah, you gotta stump me. If it's, yeah. Trust me. If it's Eagles or Sixers related, good luck. <laughs> that's why it's not gonna be either one of those. <laughs> um, all right. So moving on to our favorite um, eight game bubble over unders. So we pick these independent of each other. Um, so we don't even know each other's picks at this point. So we're just kind of uh, talking through it, but. Um, do you want to start with your first favorite over under? Yeah, I can do that. So my first one, and this one's for you. Uh, I, I'm going to start with the Sixers. Uh, we <laughs> actually we both picked them, and so they're they're projected five and a half wins. That's our over under. Uh, we both projected the under on that, and we both think they're going to win four games in the bubble. So I'm pretty confident in that one. Um, I, I think they're going to beat they're they're going to win their first game against the Pacers. They'll beat the Wizards, unfortunately. Huh. Uh, they'll beat the Magic and the Suns, and then the rest of the teams I think they'll end up losing to. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, no, the only – I mean, the only re- the only reason why I didn't pick them to be my lock is because their schedule is just so easy. Um, like, yeah. I, I've, I've watched the Sixers lose to too many bad teams before for me to predict them to, like, go six of eight or anything. So – um, I'm sure cer- I certainly think they're going to go under. It's just not one of my one of my favorite ones because their schedule is just so easy. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, honestly, if they do well in this eight game bubble, 
they can be a serious dark horse to make a run in the playoffs and to get through the Eastern Conference. I and this might be the homer in me think, but I think that if they like run through their schedule, that I think even the Bucks would be like, oh boy, this can be a little dangerous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they have all the right pieces to make a finals run. It just depends on what 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 they can do. So uh, moving moving. Yeah, if we see Joel Embiid turn into the Hulk, then we might have a problem. <laughs> yeah, a little deep cut from our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, speaking of the Bucks, they're actually one of my locks to go under. Um, not because I like I don't think they're good or anything, but they're over under six and a half, which is so high. Uh, all they have to do is literally lose two games. So they could go six and zero, oh, and then just be like, all right, we're resting all our starters, and then lose their last two, and then the under would hit. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think that one's a lock, not because I don't like the Bucks, just because just playing the uh, the schedule and the odds at that point. Yeah, I actually have them also as one of my locks as an under. Again, <laughs> they're probably wrapping up the, the first place in the East, and they have the best record in the league. Again, not like uh, home court advantage really matters, but seeding still matters. So they will be first place, and they pretty much wrapped it up already. So I think towards the end of this, the slate here, they're probably going to rest their starters. And you got to also factor in, the the weirdness of the bubble itself so i could easily see them just losing a random game in there and then that's their two games yeah exactly and um i mean yeah they have a six and a half game lead on the raptors so they, they don't technically have it clinched like you said but the uh, i mean there's unless they somehow go only which which isn't going to happen they're gonna i mean they're gonna get the one seed and i really think they want to have the best record in the nba two years in a row yeah i think so too i think that they're they're aiming for that and then their eyes are solely on the championship after that yeah, exactly. So um, since we agreed on that last one, I'll go with my next one. And I have the Thunder over four and a half. Um, and my, my logic here is so, like I said on, on our Thunder episode, they just know who they are. And I think that they have such a steady, um, like such a high floor that they just such a steady team that they, uh, I think the bubble kind of suits a team like that. And the rest for CP, I think, is going to do great. Um, so their over under is four and a half. And they have a relatively easy schedule. Uh, so they play the Lakers and they play the Clippers. Uh, Lakers is one of the teams I have them losing to. But the Clippers, they play on the last game before the playoffs. So I think the Clippers will have the two seed wrapped up at that point, And then they're not going to play. There's no way they're playing Kawhi in that last game. Yeah, that's a good point. Good call. Um, I can definitely see that happening. They they do. They are just such, you're right, such a consistent team. You know exactly what you're going to get from them. And those are the types of teams that work well in ad- – through adversity and, and yeah. through weird times like the bubble. So that makes Ex- a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I mean, the, the same reason why I choose the Sixers going under is because they don't know who they are. So the same logic applies to going over with the Thunder. Got it. Yeah. So then my last one then is the Nuggets going over. <laughs> I uh, I chose the Nuggets as well. So okay. it's so, almost cool. like we talked through these together or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so it makes sense. I mean, they're the third place team in the West um, and their over under is three and a half, which again, I think we talked about this. They don't get enough love because they're a small market in the West that nobody really pays attention to. But I think that's going to be pretty easy for them. They do have a couple hard games and they're playing both the Lakers and the Clippers. And obviously I'm chalking both of those up as losses, but the, otherwise I think their schedule is very manageable. I think that three and a half wins, all they need to do is go five or 500. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's easy. I don't think that's going to be an issue at all for them. Yeah, that's my that's my exact uh, logic as well. So 
Um, and the Nuggets, I feel like, are another team where they just know who they are. Uh, there, yeah. There's like no, there's no weirdness about them. Not like the Rockets or the the Sixers that we, as we mentioned, a bunch of times. Um, I mean, I have them hitting their fourth win in their fifth game. I have them losing one out of their first five, <laughs> and that's to the Thunder. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that I don't think we'll have to sweat this one out. But yeah, if they do. If they only have three wins after their first five games, they play the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers <laughs> and Clippers back to back, and then they finish with Portland. So if they're uh, if they're three and four by that last game, me and you are just going to be dying over that last game. Oh man, yeah, that's going to be really scary if that happens. Let's hope it doesn't. I don't think it will because I, I don't either. Yeah, I don't four either. Four games before then, but yeah, if that happens, oh man, those Lakers, man, they're gonna. <laughs> I mean, I'll guarantee that the Lickers are going to go to the NBA Finals. Ooh, I like that one. Could be the Lakers, could be the Clippers. You don't know who I'm talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Well, that's kind of – I mean, we agreed on two of them. That just kind of shows that um, – just, I mean, we talked through it. So, um, before we get into the games, like I said before, we're going to go just over the NBA season awards since this bubble is not counting towards that, which, just to go on a side note, I think that is just really, really stupid. And that the eight games doesn't count towards like the season awards. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, then you're going to have those bottom teams that didn't make it. The eight teams be like, wait, why can't, this isn't fair. You know, why, why are we not able to play and make our case for one of these awards? And now all these other players are going to get more time to shine and, and showcase or whatnot. But again, to, to be fair, those eight teams, I don't think any of them are any close to any of these awards anyways. So yeah, exactly. But it's like, I think that it, sh- it either nothing should have counted for the eight game bubble or everything should have counted because like it counts for the standing. So like the Wizards could tank this eight game stretch, go 0 and 8 and then have a better draft pick um, or like the stats matter. So if someone um, like up, ups their points per game or assists per game and passes someone on the eight that on the um, the eight teams that aren't there, like that'll count. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't, just don't think it's fair that they're going to choose some stuff to count and some stuff to not count. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it would have – honestly, they would have had a lot more social media buzz if they kept it open. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, like, LeBron could have passed Giannis for MVP if that happened. Exactly. But then you can, you can then argue that, say, LeBron goes absolutely crazy in this eight-game slate. What do you think they're going to talk about all offseason? LeBron should have been MVP. LeBron should have been MVP. Yeah, so that's true. So I can see something like that happening. Or if Zion goes crazy and gets – the Pelicans and then the eight seed, same thing with rookie of the year. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. I, I mean, jaw was so good and he played like so many more games than Zion. That one, I think no matter what happened, I think would have been fine. But I mean like six man in between like uh Schroeder and Lou will and uh Trez, like that one was actually a race. Like the MVP, like I guess the, the first three are kind of um, like they're set in they're stone. Nothing really would have changed yeah. that. Yeah. And we can like, I mean, we can just go into it. So um MVP, I think we're – I mean, not I think. We're, we're both taking Giannis. That one's a locked and loaded. I mean, the odds are like minus 10,000. So you can bet a million dollars and make $10,000. So if you just have that <laughs> handy, I think you should I think you should go for it. Yeah, putting in a million dollars, I'm pretty sure you'd get rejected by every major sports <laughs> book, But Yeah, I mean, I don't actually advise that because crazier <laughs> things have happened. But I'm just saying, like, that one, the odds are so, so in, against your favor that it's not even worth doing. But, I mean, he, if – if you have the capital, Giannis will be the MVP. And he also, moving on, will be the defensive player of the year as well. Yeah, I think he's a lock for both MVP and defensive player of the year simply because there are no more games to judge at this point. And it was pretty much a lock at, at the season stop 
that he was going to be both of those. So, yeah, agreed. We got Giannis for the dual MVP defense player of the year. And actually, I, I remember we talked about this on one of the pods, um, and I said, isn't Michael the only other person to do that? Uh, actually, Hakeem Olajuwon is the only other one besides Michael to do it. So, assuming everything goes as expected, there will be three people in the history of the league to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. I think you said that he – would he be the first one since Michael? So, I think you're still technically right in that case. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly what I said. I, I thought it was Michael was the only one. But, yeah, it's – Either way, first one first since, since Michael, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, that's hollow ground right there. I mean, I don't think – it's kind of crazy Giannis is already getting it, and I think he's, what, like 25 or 26, so it just kind of shows how young he is and how good he is already. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, um, so, yeah, those two are locks. So, rookie of the year is also a lock. It's going to be Ja. Yep. Um, maybe Zion could have caught him if he played every game after when the shutdown happened and they became the eight seed. But I still think that, um, that it would have been Ja regardless. And I know people are kind of comparing it to the year when Malcolm Brogdon won against uh, Joel Embiid, but, and like saying like the people made the argument like, well, like Joel Embiid was the best rookie that year. He just didn't play enough games to qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, people are kind of using that same argument. I would say, and like to rebuttal that uh, Malcolm Brogdon kind of like backed into the award, whereas jaw legitimately had like an incredible season for like one of the best rookie seasons ever. Yeah. I mean, he has been insane and, they're, they've been showing some highlights of, of him during the scrimmages, and he's just been going crazy in the bubble. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, it's yeah. insane. He's jumping out of the gym, literally, um, which <laughs> scares me because he's landing on one foot, on one leg, and that just screams Derrick Rose to Derrick me. Rose, I thought the same Terrifying. exact thing. When you were it saying that sentence, I thought the same exact thing. That Terrifying. is scary. I don't even want to put I don't even want to put that evil juju out there. I know. I, I hate that I had to say it, but I am terrified watching that dude land. Yeah, it is scary. Um, and then the last one is, is six man of the year and um, Schroeder is the favorite. And I think we're both going with him as well. Uh, so yep. everything is, everything is chalk here, but they're the favorites for a reason and, and literally nothing can change. So that's why I think we're, we're pretty confident in that. And Schroeder um, has like the most reasonable odds as well. He's like minus minus one thirty seven, um, something like that. So he, him, you can actually put some, put some lettuce on and have it not be just like ridiculous risk. Yeah. I, again, I think we're pretty confident in him being the six man though at this point. So you should be good with those four. If you have the opportunity to, to bet on these four things, we highly recommend doing it with those four people that we, well, the three people we just mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so moving on, we can, uh, so the first game, and just to want to say this again, NBA is back. Thank God. We've made it. We made it. We made four it. So long months, but oh we, my God. we got back to basketball. I never thought we'd get here. And hey, they um they had a second round of testing on Wednesday, and every single person came back negative. So they, Adam Silver, hats off to you, man. You've been killing it with this whole bubble and this idea. It was questioned a little bit, but it's working flawlessly. Knock on wood, up to this point. Yeah, as a Sixers fan, I hate Adam Silver, but <laughs> I will admit that he has done a great job with this bubble. I mean, look at the MLB and see how the uh, man or the uh, owner, not the owner, the uh, commissioner handled that. Yeah, that's already a shit show. Yeah, exactly. So with the Marlins there. So, yeah, I mean, props out to him. I know he listens to the pod. Uh, so props yeah. out to him, even though I hate you for what you did to the Sixers. <laughs> but appreciate the listen, Adam. Yeah, exactly. And if you could tell your friends, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like we said, the first game, Jazz Pelicans. So uh, the Jazz are plus 114. The Pelicans are minus 136. And the Pelicans are actually favored by two and a half. 
Um, and I thought that was interesting with the Zion status up in the air. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I it's it's still, I guess, the game time decision. We'll see what happens. I think that's probably why it's still two and a half because until he's declared out, um, you're going to assume he's playing. And even if it's 75% Zion, I still think that they're going to win. It's it's tough to not take them at this point just because before the shutdown, they were playing so well. Yeah, I know. And the season series between them almost doesn't matter because uh, Zion didn't play in any of the games. They played right. three times all before Zion's return. But, I mean, one thing that you can't you can take, so the last game they played when the OT, and that was like that was during um, Brandon Ingram's run when he was just going like bananas. And he scored like he had like almost had a 50 burger in that game. So yeah. that was the last time they played. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, so, again, you, you don't expect Ingram to drop 50 the first <laughs> night in the bubble. But at the same time, the Jazz are missing Bogdanovich, too, who's yeah. a per-game scorer. And so that will definitely hurt them as well. And it makes – you know, if you add up everything, it makes sense as to why they're the underdog here. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Um, but just to get our predictions out on paper, I'm actually taking the Jazz here, and I would take the money line. Um, and part of the reason that is Zion is a game time decision. And even though he came back and uh, test or tested negative, uh, he still left the bubble and had the quarantine for eight days. So I can see them just being uber, uber safe with him and just being like, Hey man, like you're going to go ahead and sit this one out because we need your knees healthy for the rest of the seven games in the playing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And in those eight games, he was probably shoving big Macs down his throat. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what he was doing in those, those eight days that he was gone. But um, I, I personally still think, and this is a big if because it's all dependent on Zion, but if, if Zion's in, I'm taking the Pelicans here. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. They, they, like you said, they played well They played well when he came back. Although, not that this really matters that much, but the, they did. They only went two and three in their last five, and they had a three-game losing streak before beating the Heat and beating the Timberwolves. But that was so long ago, it's like, what can you even take from that? Exactly. I don't really take much from it at all at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. So um, just look at the player props for that game. Uh, so the Brandon Ingram over-under is 23 and a half, and this is all points. Um, that one is interesting because of how well he did last time against them. Uh, Spida Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell is 24 and a half. Zion, if he plays, is 23 and a half. And Gobert is 14 and a half. And I don't want to even speak of Gobert's over-under points for the rest of the pod. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that just not put it out there, but yeah. Just forget about – forget that we even mentioned it. But, yeah, I actually like Donovan Mitchell here. Uh, Same, yeah. 24 and a half. He's going to take more of the scoring load because Bogdanovich is out. So I can see him. And fresh legs, you know, it's the first game, so you're going to get a little bit more spring and bounce. Um, I, I think that 24 and a half, I think it's comfortable being over on that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the only issue – the only uh, thing that would concern me is uh, he's – the Drew Holiday is a very good – defender and that's going to he's going to be guarding spider assuming he's not guarding conley um I'm, I'm guessing they put their best defender on spider so uh that has a chance but also of all these three that we talked about spider is also my favorite uh, i'll get that on record i think that um with like the whole drama between him and donovan or sorry him and rudy gobert i think that he's gonna start and just go gangbusters the first couple games to be like, like screw like what happened and what like everyone said about us even though we hate each other <laughs> we're gonna ride with each other and the jazz have looked good to be fair, in the scrimmages so far. Yeah, I can see that happening. I, I can see him coming out with a vengeance because everyone kind of has a target right now in the Jazz for being the, the evil ones who shut down the league. Um, so I think as the best player on that team and the leader of that team, he's going to take more initiative and, and take carry the load on his shoulders 
And uh, yeah, he, I can, like I said, I think it's over 24 and a half for him here. Yeah, exactly. So um, to move on, we don't want to, I know we kind of got a longer pod. So we don't want to spend too long on this. I have the jazz winning. Uh, Panit has the Pelicans winning and this is all kind of dependent on Zion. So no matter what happens, I'm going to claim that I was right. Uh, um, <laughs> and um, we both liked uh, Donovan Mitchell over 24 and a half points. Yeah. So then moving on game two, which is the big time game. We got the Lakers and Clippers. I cannot wait for this game. I'm going to be yeah. watching with popcorn. Like I'm seeing end game. Yeah. Oh man. It's going to be, it, it's, they, they set it up perfectly to have the Lakers and Clippers play each other. Yes. And they know exactly what they're doing. These teams yeah. are not going to face each other until potentially the Western Conference Finals after this matchup. So this is going to have everybody's eyes on it. The Lakers are favored right now uh, by four, and their line money line is minus 190, and Clippers are plus 160. Yeah, I kind of thought that was surprising because the Clippers have the 2-1 season series lead. But I know there's like there's so much so many question marks with the Clippers with all the um, – I mean, who's missing? It's Lou, it's Trez, and it's Pat Bev, right? Correct. Do I have that right? Yes. And are they – I know they're expected to play, but, I mean, at this point, it was still kind of unknown. So, Lou Williams and Trez, I believe, are out for sure. Uh, officially? I, I, I don't know if it's official yet, but I, I think it's as, it's as good as official. Okay. Uh, good to know. All right. I have not seen news on Pat Beverly yet, but I, I, I haven't checked. So, um, But I personally wouldn't expect him. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting as well. So I think that is what's going into those. Um, yeah, the spread the way it is. But then you also have to take into account um, Anthony Davis getting poked in the eye a couple of days ago and wearing the glasses that he looks now like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the seventies, which is hilarious. They showed a side by side comparison, and they I, look like the exact same person. I think I got it. I think he literally was like, "Hey, my eye kind of hurts. Please give me, um, please give me these glasses. To make me look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar." <laughs> Yeah, it looks. I mean, it's cool, but I, I think yeah, he's gonna play pretty well. Him and LeBron will both play pretty, pretty well. Um, pretty well. Yeah. So I like the over under for LeBron. He's at twenty four and a half points. I think he's gonna go over that. Yeah, I like that as well, and I also like the over for Anthony Davis, who's who's only twenty three and a half. And I think, um, I mean, Anthony Davis is the one person on the Lakers that the Clippers don't have anybody good to guard. Um, I mean, like, yeah. Co- I mean, like. As far as guarding LeBron, obviously you can't do that. But the, the Clippers, I think, are the best equipped team in the whole NBA to guard him with Kawhi and PG. So uh, I still think LeBron will hit the over. But I think that uh, the better bet, personally, I think, is Anthony Davis. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, he's you know he's always played well against the Clippers. Um, he shows up for those bigger games, um, and and I think that he will be that X factor for the game. Um, I think that the Lakers are going to win this game. I'm going to take them. Yeah, I um so I, I looked it up that they're they're only listing uh Beverly, Trez and Lou as officially questionable. Um but I I I don't really I don't really I don't really see a scenario in which they can play based on yeah. how safe the NBA is, is is playing this. Um so losing them three, I think I'm leaning with you. Uh, I'm leaning Lakers as well. So to get our uh, official takes out there, Lakers, uh, I would be comfortable with the minus 4 at this point. Um as opposed to the money line at minus 190, because at least you pretty much even odds with the minus four. And uh, my personal favorite player prop is Anthony Davis. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Lakers, money line, and LeBron. Okay. So a little bit different there. Um, so, uh, all right. So that's the end of the Thursday games. Um, so moving on, we're going to do quickly go through three Friday games, and then we'll do our locks in our Carson underdog of the day. 
awesome. So a couple ones that we wanted to touch on for Friday. The first one will be the Grizzlies and the Blazers. Uh, the Blazers are favored here um, at minus 134 at the money line, and they're favored by two points. Yeah, and I, um, as much as I like the Grizzlies, I, in my predictions, chose um, the Blazers to win this game. So I would be comfortable. And at that point, I would just take the money line because the off chance that they win by one, I would be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also had the Blazers being the Grizzlies here. And, yeah, I would do the same thing because that it, it's possible because they are two teams that are variable at this point. So I could see it coming down to the wire. Um, Dame hitting a three from the logo or something. To win. Yeah, exactly. I could see and, and I really And I really think the Blazers of the three teams, I know I've mentioned this before, battling for the eight seed. Um, I, they have the toughest schedule, so I don't think they'll actually make the eight seed. But I think they are the best team. Um, getting Nurk and getting Zach Collins back. So I think that they're just a better team than the Grizzlies. And, I mean, they have the two best players. Eh, I mean, I guess you could argue Ja and C.J. McCollum, but Dame is clearly the best player in the game, and I think that he'll take over. Yeah, agreed. Um, like I said, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before too, that this is kind of like an AAU type of atmosphere, and I feel like this is the type of thing that these players like to do. They like to be kind of in these closed gyms. You see all these videos online of, of them playing at – random gyms of sport and health or or 24 hour fitness or whatever it is, lifetime fitness and just going bananas. So I can see the big time stars also going crazy in the bubble. Yeah, I think, and Dame takes every point guard matchup. uh, He takes that personally. And I think just like, (laughs) just like we talked like MJ, uh, I think that personally. So I think that he's gonna be like, Oh, you guys think jaws like the rookie of the year and this up and comer. All right, that's cool. Watch this. I think he's going to, I think he's going to go off. Unfortunately, as of the, this recording, they don't DraftKings, and we can't find any player props available for Friday's game. They kind of release those a little bit um, closer to the games. But almost whatever that player prop is, it, for game, I'm taking the over. Yeah, that's a, that's a safe bet. I think I'd probably do the same. Yeah. Um, so next game is the Celtics against the Bucks. So the Celtics are plus 160. The Bucks are uh, minus 195, and they're favored by five points. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty easy call. Bucks are going to come out hot. They're going to come out wanting to win, and I think they're going to do just, just that. Yeah, I agree. I'd be comfortable taking the points on this one. Um, Giannis has looked incredible since coming back. I mean, hey, you saw him you, you saw him shooting those jumpers, right? Instead, he got that form down. Yeah, what the heck? He, he basically he took this as like an offseason and, and learned a jump shot which is crazy yeah, which, and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't learn that, that he's like a six year in the NBA. He just, that's like the same thing with Ben Simmons. Like this is You've had an off season every year. What have you been doing those times? <laughs> I mean, give, give the two time now, most likely back to back two time MVP a jump shot. And how the heck can you stop him? Yeah. That's a good question. I will say watching someone make warm up jumpers doesn't really mean anything, but the form looks different. And that's the, and that I think is the key difference here. You know, I can't remember who mentioned it. I think it might have been Lou Williams. I can't remember. I don't think it was Lou, actually. But somebody mentioned that um, the three-point shooting and the just outside shooting in general in the bubble is going to skyrocket in terms of percentages because the depth perception of being inside a regular stadium is so wonky because you have fans in the back. You have just a huge backdrop. And it always messes with the player's depth perception. But now they're literally in a box with no fans moving behind the backboard, nothing behind the backboard. And the players are probably just going to start shooting lights out. Wow. I, you know, I didn't even think about that, but it makes sense because every player strokes jumpers in an empty gym. And I mean, like, what is this if not an empty gym? 
Yeah, so should we uh, – Hoodie Mellow might might end up being – Oh, uh, man, Hoodie Mellow. <laughs> no, he's Skinny Mellow now. Come on, have some respect. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but – and just to go on a mini uh, tangent, you know how we, like, joked about how Jimmy Butler – no one loves to talk about how hard they work, like, as much as Jimmy Butler? Giannis is kind of up there. Giannis, like, loves talking about how he's like, oh, man, I'm not all about that extra stuff. I'm just here to game. And, like, he, he joked that in quarantine he didn't have a hoop. And then, like, someone brought up, like, hey, Giannis, your jumper looked nice for someone that didn't have a hoop. And he was like, come on. I was just joking. Of course I had a hoop. I'm always working. Like, okay, Giannis, we get it. We know you work hard. You need to say that every time you get in front of a microphone. Yeah, but being the poster child, no one's really going to say anything against him at this point. I know. I know know he listens to the pod as well. Him and Adam Silver listen together. So, Giannis, (laughs) we all know how hard you work. You don't need to tell anybody, everybody, that you're not about that extra stuff. Just, Just show us. Yeah, you have the hardware to support the hard work that you put in, man. We we believe you. Just yeah, go exactly. Get to the finals and and see. We'll we'll talk to you then. Yeah, but just take it easy on the Sixers because that means my heart. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um. Anyways, I'm glad I got that off my chest. The last game that we're gonna preview, and this is an awesome game: Houston versus Dallas. So it depends where you look. We've seen um, different odds, but so we're gonna go. The one that we're going with is the Houston plus 100, just even odds. And Dallas is minus 113, and they're favored by exactly one point. Yeah. So I want to take Houston in this one. Um, they split their season series, if it still counts, I guess, last yeah. season series, 1-1. One, one. Um, the first game that Dallas won was back in November when Luka was just going crazy and was just on absolute fire. and was looking like sure shot MVP at that point. Um, and then Houston won back in January, the second game. And both games were relatively – they were double-digit wins, so pretty easy wins for, for both teams. Um, Houston in January is when they started to open up the floor a little bit, which we mentioned on their podcast a few days ago. Um, and Westbrook was kind of getting into more of a flow with the Rockets and getting more comfortable. Yeah. But they also have not seen the Rockets since the Capella trade in February. So I think that bodes well for Houston. Yeah, and the only thing – so. There's, there's two things uh, to make me both like, in favor of the Rockets and nervous about it. So who is going to guard Kristaps Porzingis? Who's going to guard KP? That's like the biggest question mark, right? PJ Tucker, new center. Yeah, but PJ Tucker is like 6'6". <laughs> he's an absolute bulldog. Like he's wide. Yeah. And, and he, like, I think PJ Tucker, you're more comfortable with him just banging with bigs down low than yeah. – I mean, KP can shoot. And he's not even going to see um, PJ Tucker there. Yeah, that's true. They're going so to put some 3 and D defender, some wing defender on him. Yeah, so that makes me nervous. And that can honestly be Covington because KP doesn't have that much of a dribble drive game. But he's still going to be able to shoot over anybody he can see. Um, But one thing that makes me nervous with the Mavs is we never – and we never were able to touch on this in the last – in the episode we did with them. But losing uh, Dwight Powell I think is, like, huge for them because he was such a good pick-and-roll partner with uh, Luka. Yeah, you know, you're right. We didn't touch on that at all. And, I mean, he's he has developed into a really good big man. And I can definitely see that causing – some issues for them moving forward yeah and they and they like and they struggled when he like the first couple games when he was out um i mean obviously they've had so much time to prepare for it so it, it kind of depends but um but yeah i mean i i still think houston's gonna win i mean just the star power of russ and harden i think will be too much for dallas but the, the kp thing i think is a real question mark that they'll have to answer yeah that'll be a good x factor and something to monitor we'll see how how Kristaps plays and again you have to also take into consideration i think this is league-wide as well the because it's such a quick turnaround to get these guys on the court, I think that a lot of injuries might come into play. I really hope it doesn't, but 
I could see a lot of hammies and, and things like groin injuries come into play early on because it's just going to be fatigue from basically sitting around for three months and then all of a sudden getting up and getting ready and, and getting back to that level of an NBA game. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, the, the hammy thing, that that's real. I mean, that's like the, the first sign of like someone overexerting themselves is they pull right. out a hammy. And right. yeah, I mean, like they weren't able to, they haven't played, even no matter, everyone says no matter how hard you're able to train, nothing's like an NBA game. You can't prepare for that. And right. so they're going from that to playing like eight games in 13 days or something, 14 days. Some, it's yeah. something ridiculous like that. So yeah, that's a good point. Unfortunately, there's really no way we could predict that. I mean, you could even see someone um, like one of the best players in the league. I'm not even going to put evil on anybody, uh, pull their hammy. Whereas um, not maybe the like injury prone people that you think of, like it could be anybody. Yeah. And again, we obviously do not wish injury or harm on anybody. I hope that every single player comes out of Orlando in tip top shape, but it's just something to keep in mind. Again, we can't predict it. We don't want to predict anything of that sort, but again, you got to monitor at the very least. Yeah, exactly. So um, with that, that's the end of uh, the NBA games we'll, we preview. There's a couple other games going on on Friday, but um, I mean, these are the three best. And we kind of, instead of covering every game, we kind of want to talk a little bit more about the good ones. So, I mean, like no one wants to hear us talk about the Magic and the Nets. So that's why we're only doing these three. Yeah. Or, yeah, I definitely agree. So you probably won't hear about the Wizards, unfortunately. <laughs> well, Panito ben- mentioned them a little bit. That's all right. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, the only time we'll probably mention them is when we're taking a lock of the day out against them or something. Yeah, exactly. So that's a, that's a great transition. Um, so the lock of the day for today, Thursday's episode, we're going to choose just, we're going to go with, stick with the two NBA games, I think. Um, and we're going to go lock of the day. I think we agreed would be the Lakers. Correct. Yeah. So there are other games going on, you know, MLB still playing and everything, but in the spirit of the NBA returning, we're, we're going to go full NBA here for these picks. Um, so, yeah, we, we're, we're comfortable with the Lakers' lock of the day here. Um, personally, I really hope they win because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the Lakers, and let's let's hope that they start this bubble strong. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I'm i pretty confident. I just think LeBron's going to come out and be like, hey, like, you, y'all you remember, you guys? remember me? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then the underdog of the day, obviously the only other game we can pick is the Jazz. And if, if Zion doesn't play, I think we're pretty confident in the Jazz as well as our underdog. Right. But again, if you want to bet on this, I would definitely be monitoring by the second because the second, if Zion is called out, that line is going to drastically change. Yes, correct. So, so and we also and, and look at any news outlets you can. We'll we'll try to update on Instagram and Twitter as soon as we get any updates. So make sure you follow us and pay attention because we'll be trying to li- uh, send live updates to you guys as well. Yeah, exactly. And we also wouldn't recommend putting anything on that game until Zion's uh, decision has been made because it's just too risky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So then our, for Friday, um, even though, like we said, with the spirit, with the NBA, I think that um, there's one, we can do our NBA lock of the day just because um, just keep it with the NBA, but our official lock of the day, that's going to be going on our Instagram and counting towards our actual record is a little France cup action. What do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, soccer's been pretty good to us, knock on wood, for our lock of the day thus far. So why not keep rolling with some of these heavy hitters? Yeah, exactly. So the French Coupe de Ligue final is on is on Friday, and the game is PSG versus Lyon. So PSG is minus 220 odds. So the risk compared to the ones we've done actually isn't that bad. And they're just on an absolute tear. So the last five games, they're 5-0, and 4-0 uh, since coming back 
uh, from the quarantine, and they have not given up a goal in any of those games. So their last four games, this is, again, they won their last five, but just looking at the ones since quarantine, uh, they won 1-0, 4-0, 7-0, and 9-0. And Lyon has lost two straight. Yeah, I mean, they PSG is a juggernaut. It's it's really hard to bet against them. Um, you know, they have Neymar. He's one of the best players in the world. Exactly. Um, and then one thing to keep note, although I don't think it's going to matter as much, is is Mbappe not playing. Um, that's he's most likely not going to play. So that's something because you know he's also one of the best players in the world. But um, you know, I, I think that won't really have much of an effect on this game. And I still think the PSG is going to pull it out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's um, yeah, he's not projected to play. It's not official yet, but he, I think yeah, like like Renee said, even with, even without him, I think we're still pretty confident in PSG. Just I mean, Avery's been on a tear, and he hasn't played in all those games. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at our um, our in our NBA lock of the day, um, so we our our decisions. We're looking at the Suns over the Wizards. Uh, just honestly, I want to. This is a chance for you to talk about the Wizards, but the Suns are minus three hundred, but the Wizards are literally fielding a G League team. Yeah, so, I mean, Bradley Beal's not playing. John Wall's been out. Uh, Davis Bertans, a Latvian laser. He's not playing <laughs> as well. Um, so, the Wizards really have Rui Hachimura, and that's it. Um, but Troy Brown? What's the dude from Oregon? What, you, you don't like him? I mean, he's a good, he's a good role player. But no, I know, I'm just kidding. He's going he's gonna to give me 12 points and six rebounds, and that's not going to win a basketball game. There's a hey. reason why the Suns are favored, and it's minus 300. The Suns... And, you know, Devin Booker will probably outscore the Wizards by himself. <laughs> yeah. And um, and the other game we're looking at, so the Bucks. I like we said before, I just think they're minus 195, but I just think they're going to come out with the vengeance. And I just don't see any way they're losing this game. Yeah, I agree with that one as well. Um, Giannis and the Bucks are going to wipe the floor with Boston. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to really let up on the gas at all in these eight games. And Kyrie's knee just really makes me – or not, sorry, not Kyrie, Kemba. Kemba. Yeah, yeah, Kemba's knee really just makes me nervous. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to take it easy the first game back for sure just to see what's going on, if he plays. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so our, our underdog of the day, um, like we said before, we're going to go with Houston over Dallas. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it before that they split their season series 1-1, and um, the the Mavericks haven't seen Houston since the Capella trade where they've opened up the floor. Um, obviously keeping KP Christoph Sorzingis in mind for the Mavericks, but I still think that um, Houston has a pretty good shot here. But one thing that, that Matt did mention uh, to me earlier was the loss of Eric Gordon for the Rockets. Yeah, that's right. We forgot to bring that up when we were talking about it before. That's big for them. Missing two weeks. Eric Gordon is a big piece for them. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, if they end up losing this first game here, this could severe Eric Gordon being gone for two weeks could severely mess with their schedule and and where they end up being seated come playoff time yeah exactly and that's what's and that's what's like the biggest difference between the west and the east is like the seating is huge in the west whereas in the east um it, re- it really doesn't make that much of a difference i mean the nuggets or sorry the jazz the four seed could go from like i said being the four seed to dropping all the way to the seven seed and playing the clippers in the second in the first round and i think everybody is trying to avoid that seven seed which is currently occupied by Dallas. So this is a, and, and Houston is six. So this is actually this is a huge game. Yeah, I love that there's playoff potential for pretty much every single game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, just to just to recap our official picks, uh, PSG is our lock of the day, and our dog of the day is Houston over Dallas. Yeah, and then for Thursday's games, we have 
Lakers as our lock of the day and Jazz as our dog of the day. Yeah, so let's hope that Carson in those in his obedience training is going is going to go well for us. Um, and sorry, we uh, you know we we can't get more information about the Friday game, so it's just you know a little bit a little bit of a scheduling issue. Yeah, but we will um, we'll be posting on our Instagram and Twitter any updates we see. So make sure you give us a follow on both of those uh, to stay up to date with everything that's coming out in the, in the next day or so. Yeah, exactly. So once once we see lines posted for that those Friday games, we'll we'll do our favorites from each game. Um, and you can find those, like Panit said, on our Instagram and Twitter. And they're both at bearish.bets. And if you want to hit us up on Gmail, it's the same thing, bearish.bets at gmail.com. Yep. So with that, enjoy the weekend. Welcome back, NBA. And then we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Bears out. Peace.